Well, you guys, I'm super pumped today, so just be careful, be ready, all right? I know someone told me this this week, it's like, man, you know, I know you're pretty passionate, and then sometimes you just get super passionate. So you guys in the front row, you might want to go back, take another seat. Um, but partly, this happens to, it's been happening a little bit more to me lately, it's interesting. Um, I, I wake up and there's, I'll have a thought, that just like a first thought of the day. And today, the first thought of my day today was, you get to feed my sheep. It was just so cool. I just felt like Jesus said, you get to feed my sheep today. And, I, and that was just like, and I, I actually love to cook. It's one of Susie and my, we love hospitality. And I love nothing more than working on a meal and putting it in front of people and, and have them hopefully say, that was good. Um, but here's what I know about feeding you today is Jesus said, you live on every word that comes from my mouth. And so I don't care what comes out of my mouth, but I, I care what comes out of his mouth. I got tons of stuff for you to hear from him. And he's just, and he, he told us to feed you. It's one of our jobs. And I'm excited to give this message to you today. And because you, if you eat today, if you'll take it and ingest it, and then as he said, if you actually hear my words and put it into practice, he goes, you're going to live. That's super exciting for me today. And then right on the heels of that, he said, feed my sheep today, David. And then he said, and make, just remember, it's all about love. Today, everything about Jesus is love. All the law, go ahead and think about anything you want. All the law is hinged on this. Love God with everything you've got. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. So this week, on Wednesday, I'm sending out devotionals again. Um, and because part of the reason I felt like I was led to do that, because I wanted to feed you. Like, I wanted, I wanted you to get to Wednesday, hump day, middle of the weekday, and get another just dose of his word to kind of ingest and bring into your being. So thanks to you guys who, who, have, who have read those and for the encouragement. Um, if you don't get them, if you're part of the family, you just get an email from us. So you get that. You can also go on our app, K2 app, and just get a notification every Wednesday. Uh, and it's on Facebook. But um, this, week, this week, I talked about the shepherds, that how crazy that when God actually announced the birth of his son through angelic beings, they showed up to shepherds. And shepherds were the poorest of the poor, the outcasts whose testimony in the court of law wasn't even accepted. And I just love the fact that because you know what the angel said is this. It says, they say, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And I think part of the reason he came to shepherds was to let, I mean, all the people. And that's really good news that is for everybody. And then he says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And I actually, a few weeks ago, I talked about that, the greatness of the manger. There is no question that God was saying something about his character and therefore, it's the, if it's the character of God, he's saying something to us about the reality of life. From his first breath, God was lying in a feeding trough. Did you guys know that's what a manger is? <laughs> I don't know if you, some of you were like, oh, a manger. I don't know what it is, but it sounds cute. No, it was a trough where animals are eating out of. And that's where Jesus was born. Now, and he came to save us. And so this series, a gift for all, because that's what we've been talking about. Yes, it is a gift for all. But today it's going to be different because if it's for all, then it's not just for the shepherds and the poor and the outcasts. Today what we're going to look about is that the gift of Christmas is for the rich, too. Because it's for all. Now, what's the gift? He says the gift is God gave so loved you that he gave his one and only son. 
The gift is a savior has come. Salvation of your life is the gift. And he came to save the rich. Now, this is really important because what we've been doing is we've been looking through the song of Mary that when Mary finally realized, I'm going to give birth to the son of God, she's like, right? Just like that. She just sang this beautiful operatic thing. And her song says, God has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud. So we talked about that. God actually has to come and save the proud because otherwise they're going to be scattered because there's no pride in a manger, is there? In their he says he has brought down rulers from their thrones. So we talked about that last week. If you have power, if you have authority, God actually brings you down because the king of kings and lord of lords, what it really means to have power, is born in a manger. And then she goes on and she says he has filled the hungry with good things, but he sends the rich away, empty. So when I read this passage, I was like, oh my goodness, if anybody needs salvation, it's the proud and the mighty and the rich. Because again, when he's laying in a manger in a feeding trough, he's telling us the pursuit of the things of this world is not the way of God. And I'm coming to save you from that. Now, we hear Jesus talk about the rich, and almost every one of us thinks, well, that's not me, right? Anybody else? <laughs> like, good, yeah, God, talk to those rich people, all right? So, and actually, this is where I'm going to skip. I forgot to do this. If we could go to the, 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 um, the slide here that talks about who's rich. Did you guys know the top 1% of wage earners globally, okay? So the top, oh, there's the prick. Yeah. <laughs> the top 1% of wage earners globally, okay, make this much money. There it is, $32,000. If you make $32,000, you are in the top 1% of the world. Now, how many of you feel rich? Yeah. Uh, you know why we don't feel rich? Because the top 1% of wage earners in America make this much. 421,926. And see, so that's, we have a struggle right here because when Jesus talks about the rich, we're I don't even know if I should listen to this. Well, if we're part of the world, should we listen to it? And if we're a part of America, this is tough. Yeah, because the median household wage in Salt Lake City, median is $71,000. That's a family. If you're a family, the median age is 71 grand, okay? So how in the world do we know if we're rich or not? First Timothy 6, Paul says this. He says, godliness with contentment is great gain. If we brought, for we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm reading that and going, yeah, I'm not that godly thing then, I guess. Now, and I, I don't want to add to scripture, but I think probably he would also mean a house, right? A shelter. That's also a basic need. I need a place of safety. I need a place to live. And I need clothes, and I have food. If you and I have food and clothing and shelter, what the scripture says is you can actually be content with that because you have everything you need. Now, what happens, though, for us is most of us have everything we need, and we have resources beyond what we need, where we actually can have some things that we want. It's called discretionary income. 
And all of us, most of us, I don't know, we have a good mix of people in here, but most of you actually have discretionary income. And now you have income that it's, you, you have, I don't need this, but I now can do what I want with this. And now I can buy whatever food I want or the clothes I want. And I just want to tell you, if you have discretionary income, if you have income that you can do with it what you want, I think Jesus is talking to us today. Not necessarily like, wow, I'm rich. I'm not rich. You know, both of our cars are over 12 years old and have hundreds of thousands of miles on them. But I sit in the house with Susie this morning, and I look around our house, and I go, this is, oh, I love my home. You know, so I think it's going to, and I'm going to show you, that I think it, this message is actually for all of us here. Now, here's my phrase that I'm going to bring through the whole day. The rich, and this is why this is such an important topic for Jesus, is it's because the rich get richer. <laughs> the rich get richer. So I want to talk to you about three things with the rich today. The first one is the struggle for the rich. The second thing, we're going to talk about the salvation of the rich, because Jesus came to save all of us. And then we're going to talk about the sharing of the rich. All right? So grab your notes, grab your phone, grab our uh, app, do whatever you want, and let's dive into this. Let's talk about the struggle of the rich. And remember this. Remember this. Everything Jesus says to us is because he loves us. And everything he says to us is so that we can have life and life to the full. This is who he is, and you will live on every word that comes from him. Here's the first one I want to look at. Luke 6, 24. Jesus says, Woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Now, this is an interesting word, woe. We don't use it a lot. Anybody use the word woe this week? Maybe. If you use it, it'd be like, woe is me. Right? And what's interesting, so I did, as I did research, this word woe, we think woe, right? We think Jesus is up there going, I'm angry at you rich people. No, the word woe, when you say woe is me, what are you saying? You're feeling sorry for yourself. The word actually means, man, I, I'm so sorry. And so with Jesus, he starts off and he says, I just want to tell you, man, if you're rich today, I'm so sorry. And we're like, uh, I see the rich people. I go, way to go, man. You're looking good here. So something's wrong with that. And I was thinking again when I went and heard this guy speak about uh, who was uh, the head of the underground church in Vietnam. See, we, those guys have to do all of this in hiding because if they get caught, right, they're going to be in prison, they're going to be ostracized. It's going to be horrible for them. So what do we say? We go, oh, man, we are, we are, I feel so sorry for you who are in the underground church. And you know what they say? We feel so sorry for you who are in America because we need Jesus and you don't. We pray for you because he's all we have. But you have everything that keeps you from really following him. And that's what Jesus says here. He goes, woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. This is so interesting. Do you know what the word comfort? Okay, I did some Greek last week. Let's do some Greek. This is kind of fun. The, this word comfort, the root word is paraclete. I see a few nods, some of you guys who actually have studied the Bible. You know where else the word paraclete is used? 
Jesus tells us, I am sending you another paraclete, the Holy Spirit. You know what the word means? The word means to actually bring, to call to one's side. It means to comfort and to help. It means encouragement, but always with alleviation of grief. And so Jesus was saying to us, listen, when I leave, this is really good, actually, because I'm going to send you someone to your side. I'm going to send someone to comfort you. I'm going to send someone to encourage you. I'm going to send someone to help you really experience life. And so then here he says, and I'm so sorry if you're rich because you've already got one. You've already pulled something to your side. And you, you trust in your money to comfort you. And, you. and it works, doesn't it? Oh, come on. <laughs> That's why you do it. That's why I do it. It feels good to get new stuff. It feels good to go places. It feels good. And so, so we find that we trust in money to bring to our side. And so Jesus says, I'm so sorry. You're going to have a struggle that most people won't ever have. But here's what's interesting. The struggle isn't just for the rich. It's also for the people who think that being rich will be the answer, right? So some of you are going, okay, man, yeah, the rich. I'm not rich, but I, what? Yeah, I want to be. So 1 Timothy 6 addresses that, and he says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And, and you know what? And we know this. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now notice, and we'll get, money is not the, the root of all evil. Right? Somebody will totally twist that and go, money is the root of evil. No, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And we know this. Why? Because when I do premarital life, we have to talk about money. Why? Because money destroys marriages. <laughs> More than anything else, it leads people into, I need it. It leads people into greed. It leads people into envy. It leads people into anxiety and fear if you lose it. Like money is this thing that feels really good, and then it can be gone in a second, and your life is gone. And so even if you just want to be rich, he's going, you're, you're going to be a struggle whether you got it or you don't. And then what does he say? Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. So again, instead of like Jesus going, I, I came to save you from this destruction, from this anxiety, from the pressure you feel, from greed and stuff that makes you think about yourself. And then he goes on to say this. Jesus looked around and he said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, and Jesus again said, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Now, let, let, me, just, let me just address something again. I didn't write this. This isn't, this isn't my idea. Who, who, who said this? God himself, who knows reality is giving you a word for you to live on. And here's what he's telling you. For the rich to enter into my kingdom. Now, what's his kingdom? The kingdom of God is heaven, right? When we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So heaven is the place. The kingdom just means it's where people say yes to me. It's where people follow me. 
That's why our mission here at K2 is to invite all of you to follow Jesus and to equip you to do it. Today's an equipping and an invitation to follow him. But what he's saying is you'll never, if you are rich, it's going to be so hard for you to actually follow me because you already have your paraclete. You already have something that you think is better than me. And so, in some people, somebody asked us, like, there have been some people who've thrown out, well, there was this gate in Jerusalem, and camels were big, and the gate was small, and it was really hard for the camel to get through the gate. By the way, I studied all that. There's no proof of that. <laughs> There's not anywhere. He's literally saying, an animal this big can't get through this. Can't happen. Now, can I just say, you guys... I'm glad that God just told the struggle's real. So if you're rich today, if you have extra money and you get to do with it what you want, come on, man, can we all be honest? It's really hard to follow God instead of our money. You believe that money's going to satisfy you. If you do, more than God, you're going to follow it. And if you have wealth to bring to your side, you won't follow him. It's just, that's what Jesus is saying. Then he says this last thing. It's my last verse on this one. He says, no one can serve two masters. And this is Jesus. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So I just want you to take an inventory right now, real quick, about your heart. What do you serve? Because what, if you're a servant, what's that mean? You go, well, I do whatever you tell me to do. And how many of you do Whatever that money tells you to do, whatever your own inner desire, are you following that? Is your devotion with your resource for you? Or do you love God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength? Which means you say, no, I do whatever you want me to, God. And some of you in this room, you know right now who you serve because it's a struggle so the, here's what the disciples said they said the disciples were even more amazed this is Mark 10 26-27 the disciples were even more amazed when he said the eye and the needle thing they're going are you kidding me and they said to each other who can be saved <laughs> I mean we thought the rich people were the blessed people we thought that showed that God had all this favor on them now Jesus is saying they can't even get into the kingdom of God who can be saved? And remember what the angels say, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. There's a Savior born. And Jesus looked at them and he said this, with man this is impossible. Do you hear that? Impossible. But not with God. All things are possible with God. Jesus is saying the camel can get through the eye of the needle. It's awesome. So let's talk about that. Number two, let's talk about the salvation of the rich because he's who can be saved, everybody. Isn't that good news? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. You know, I don't know. Salvation, eternal damnation, I don't know. It's uh, it's all right. Okay, let's talk about salvation. Ephesians 2, 3, and 5. All of us, <laughs> all of us 
lived among them at one time, and them is the people who followed the ways of the world and followed the devil's lies. They just want, I want the world, I want the American dream. I, All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of God's wrath. See, the good news for all the people, the gift is for all because all of us need it. There's not one. By the way, you know, Jesus, some guy comes to Jesus, you know, what good thing, what good teacher he said to Jesus. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? Nobody's good. See, none of us are. We all need help. And by the way, money is just the most popular choice for gratifying our flesh. It is why Jesus talks about it more than, did you guys know this? he talks about this more than any other topic? Because it is the hardest thing to give up. It really is. I make that joke all the time. That's why when people get baptized, I put them under the water and they go like this. We literally, some of you in this room right now, I know you. You love Jesus. I know you're saved. And you don't give one dollar to him. None. You use every dollar for yourself. You're not following him. So this is huge, man, that we do that. We got to talk about this. So, and why? Why? Because we're bringing to our side money, and we actually serve it. So, by, by the way, the issue isn't what makes us say no to God. The issue is that we're saying no to God. That's the issue that Jesus is concerned with. But here's the good news. But all of us lived against God. But, greatest word in all the scripture, by the way, there's another option. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. And, and guys, by the way, that's just, transgression is just sin, and sin is just simply when I say no to God and I do what I want to do. And so God, and Jesus is like, and this money thing is probably the biggest thing that we're having an issue with here. But how great that God made us alive with Christ. What'd you do? Did you make yourself alive? Nope. He makes you alive while you're dead. It is by grace you have been saved. Can I just say something really quick? If you're rich here today, and you're not saying yes to God. This is really important. You don't get through the eye of the needle by emptying your pockets. Hear me? This is super important. <laughs> Giving your money does not save you. <laughs> Period. This is really important. You see, it's almost like, man, I got too much. I got to get rid of some things. Then I can, I can squeeze through if I just give my stuff away. And Jesus is like, that's not how you get in, man. How do you get in? How's a rich person get saved? Just like everybody else. It's a gift. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It's a gift. That's what grace is. You are saved because you can't get through the eye of the needle. Jesus said it's impossible. So he says, but it's not impossible for me. I can actually do something. You are saved by grace, and it, that is the gift of salvation. I came to save you. Okay, well, how do, what, well, how's that work? Well, he says, as soon as you put your faith in me, as soon as you receive me, he goes, you're going to receive two things. Number one, 
I'm going to forgive you for loving money more than me. I will. I will forgive you for every time you kept every dollar just for you. When you lived in complete selfishness and absolute greed, he goes, I will forgive you of every time you said no to me. Totally. You will receive forgiveness. And then he says, and as soon as that happens, you will receive my spirit. And you will be saved, not only from the punishment of sin. Because remember what it said? Like the rest, we were all deserving of God's wrath. He will punish sin. He will. So when I say, can I say this? I, anybody, I don't want that, personally. But the only way I'm not going to be punished for my sin is if I let Jesus take my punishment. And then I'm forgiven because of what Christ did for he paid my debt. And I am forgiven. And then I get a new spirit inside of me. So you're saved by grace through faith. And you know what faith is? Faith would be you today saying, first of all, the first thing about us is you got to confess. And that word simply means to agree. So some of you today, I'm just going to tell you, you need to be saved because you're not in the kingdom of God. You're not following God. And by the way, I'm going to be super bold today. Some of you call yourself Christians and you say you follow Jesus and you don't. Okay, you, you, I just, you don't. You, you know you don't. And you say, I do. But, but, but you don't. And Jesus here is saying, then can just confess that. Agree. And all the word means is to agree. Would you agree with me that you love money and that you can't serve me? And then when it comes down to it, you follow what your heart wants more than my heart. Confess that to him today. Just agree with him. Money's my God. And then he says and repent, which means once you agree, then you turn to God. That's all it means. Instead of following this, turn and follow Christ. Turn. And as soon as you turn to Christ, he will forgive you and cleanse you. And then by faith, you receive the power of his very spirit. And now you can actually follow. Well, actually, and now you can actually get through the needle. Because you have a new heart. That's the only way this happens. There's only one way through the eye of the needle. Think about this. How in the world would a camel get through the eye of the needle? There's only one way. It would have to be completely changed. Not try harder. Completely changed. And there's only one way into the kingdom of God. You need to be completely changed. You can receive a new heart. That's why Jesus said, you can't enter my kingdom unless you're born again. And all he meant was, you can't enter my kingdom unless my spirit gets inside of you. And the gift of Christmas is I'll come inside you and I'll change your heart. I will dwell in you and give you the power to love God. And that's the gift of salvation. Now, what's cool is the rich even get richer. Look at number three. So let's talk about the sharing of the rich. The sharing of the rich. Verse 14 in the second, uh, second Thessalonians 2 says this. 
So let me read the verse right before it. I forgot to put it in. Listen to this. Oh, this is so good. God chose you as first fruits to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. Do you guys hear this? Hey, listen, I, I, I think today God might be choosing some of you to be saved. He wants to forgive you and give you a new heart, and you know it. He wants to set you free from greed and anxiety and fear and pressure and the American dream as your Lord. And so he saves you, he chooses you, and then he saves you by the sanctifying work of the Spirit, which means the Spirit just does something new in your heart. And then he says this verse. He called you to this through our gospel, which is what I just shared with you. That's a gospel. Being forgiven of your sin and giving a new spirit so you can follow God. That you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come on, man. You know why? What he's saying is, if you get saved, he goes, you will share my life. I come inside you, and your spirit and my spirit are become one. And you guys, by the way, that's what eternal life is. When Jesus says, this is eternal life, it's that you know me. He goes, not intellectually. He goes, no, know me intimately like I know Susie, like my wife. We know each other. Why? Because we share everything together. We are intimate in every way, one with each other. And Jesus is saying, when you get saved, you get to share in the glory of Jesus. So what that means is you and I can actually finally live like him now. Okay, two nods. Yes. All right. Yes. Come on, man. Does this excite anybody else on this planet? This is so great. Right now, eternal life can happen, and you can be set free, and you can live like Jesus. The sharing of the rich is that the rich get to live like Christ. In 2 Corinthians 8, 7 and 9 says this, since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love that we have kindled in you, he says, see also that you excel in the grace of giving. So some of you, man, you excel in so many things. You're such a, you're following Jesus here, you're doing this. He goes, then excel in the grace of giving, which means what? The rich can actually get richer. You can actually excel in the life that you're living right now. And then he says this, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love. He goes, I just, I want to see, he goes, I want to see, do you really love God with all your heart? Because you can say that you do, but I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to test this because I, well, you should be excelling in this, but I'm testing the sincerity of your love. By the way, you guys, did you know that's what giving's all about? Giving is actually about nothing but love. That's what it's about. Come on, doesn't Christmas testify to this? How many of you love your kids? And how many of you are having a blast buying presents for them? Yeah, see, now we're excited. All right. But, I, but that's what I'm saying. I love my wife. I, when you love somebody, what do you do? You give to them. And it brings you great joy. And then we sit here and we say, and I love God, but I don't give him anything. And that's when he says, that's kind of why I gave you money. 
Because where your money is, that's where your heart follows. So I just want to, and then we say, well, if you love people, it tests the spirit. Do you actually love people? Then you give your finances to bless people. And then I just want to say, and this is the craziest thing. Anybody love you? Do you love you? Do you love yourself? Do you love yourself? <laughs> then why in the world are you not giving? Because we all know the answer. It is more blessed to give than to receive. <laughs> and yet we don't do it. So apparently we don't believe it. The most loving thing you can do for you is to give. Because then you take on the life of Christ. So 1 Timothy 6, 17 and 19 says this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put your hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, you will lay up treasure for themselves. Do you guys see this? Did you know if you're rich, you can even be richer? The rich can actually get richer. How? You get to lay up a treasure for yourself. Now how? By loving by loving God and by loving others, by living in his kingdom, by loving you. It's a, it's a win, 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 you guys. When you give, it glorifies God. It blesses everybody around you and your heart's free. And he says, and when you use my resource and you use it in my kingdom, he goes, I do stuff with it that has eternal ramifications. You are building a treasure up for yourself. You can be richer. And look at what it says. And it's a firm foundation for the coming age so that you may take hold of the life that is truly life. Can I just say again? So here's what, you, here's what God's saying to you. I love you, I love you, I love you so much. And when you spend eternity with me, I want you to have a treasure. I don't want you getting up there and going, man, it's like the Bible says, well, I got in, but I escaped as one who got through the flames. Didn't bring anything with me because I use all my money for me. Oh my gosh, you guys, come on, right? We're going to get to heaven and go, what was I doing? And Jesus wants not only to save you from that, but he wants to save you from the anxiety and the fear and the stress and the selfishness that money breeds when you love it. And he wants you to be free so that you can take hold of the life that is truly life because it's the way of love. He loves you. And if you will take his word today and put it into practice, you'll live. So I have two things. It was really weird. I, I got done going through everything again this morning. And then I just sat there. And I had this, I'll just give you my secret. I, I pray every time before I come up here. And here's the image I have. I'm like, it would be so, wouldn't it, you guys, wouldn't it be cool if Jesus was actually your teacher? Wouldn't that have been awesome? So I sit there usually, but this morning I prayed and I said, God, Jesus, would you just take the stage? That's my prayer every Sunday. Would you just take the stage? And then I just imagine if he was looking at you, how he would love you today. And he would still want to set you free. So then I just asked, I said, Lord, would you anoint me with your spirit so people could actually hear you today? And as I did, I'm going to just tell you the two things I feel like he said immediately. It was really weird. Number one, if you're rich, if you have extra disposable expendable income, you're supposed to be generous and willing to share. But, but the first step, you guys, is this. Every one of us 
who follows Jesus should be giving back to God what's actually his. See, tithing, like giving 10% back to God, by the way, it doesn't get you through the eye of the needle. Don't try to tithe to prove to God stuff. You don't do it to get anything. (laughs) But you do it when you've got the spirit of Jesus in you. Tithing isn't generous. It's not sharing. It's faithfulness to God to give him what he says is his. And when I shared with you a couple weeks ago that we were at 90% of our budget, you know, instead of 100%, and, and then I shared with you guys, it's like we celebrated because the per giving is actually up, and you guys clapped. You guys were like, this is awesome. But can I tell you, you know why it's up? This is really weird. And people are, they need to be clear on this, so let me be really clear. The reason it's up is because actually 20% of our Sunday morning attendance gives the 90%. We are 90%, just this close to our budget because 20% of us in this room actually give to K2. Now that means 80% aren't. So that's why I sit and I go, okay, now 30% of you, you're visiting and you're like, oh my God, I came to this message. Can I just say, I'm really glad you're here. I really am. Because wouldn't you want to be a part of a group of people who are free from themselves and gave so generously to God that we freaking changed the world. See, I think people in the world are going, is the church any different than me? We want to see something different. No, so let's just take the 30% off who are visiting. We're really glad you're here. Even just 50% of you, if you gave something, our 10% to our budget is done. And I felt like, oh my God, I can't believe I want to say, I don't want to say this. But this is why I felt like Jesus said, David, you just needed to listen. You have a church full of people who say they follow Jesus or follow me, but they don't. I can't, I can't be more clear, Jesus is saying, about what we should be doing with our money. And if you follow me, you're faithful with your money because I saved you from that. I saved you from that. And I put my spirit inside of you. You got through the eye of the needle by grace. But on the other side is me. And I give, and I give, and I give because I love the world. Because I want to change the world. Because I want to see glory, and the glory comes from giving. And I just feel like I need to ask everyone. I know Jesus wants to say to you this morning, some of you need today. Now, again, not if you're visiting or if you don't believe, because it wouldn't make any sense for you to give. That'd be weird. You can do it if you want, but it's not... But I think Jesus wants to say to those of you who say you follow him, some of you need to confess to him today. I don't follow you. In this area, at least. I may do other things. Like, I excel in other things. But God, the truth is, I still serve money. It's my paraclete. It's the thing I believe is going to give me life. And that's why I don't give it to you. Because it's more important to me than you are. It's just the truth, you guys. What you love, you give to. So, and then repent of that today. You need to turn to God and say, will you please forgive me? And he says, absolutely. I will forgive you, and I will cleanse you. I will fill you with my spirit, and you will give with joy. Because that's what I know about the 20% of you who are given. You just give with joy. Susie and I, we give with joy. It's like, you guys are like, Christmas and kids. 
And that's how Susie and I are about God who saved me. Woo! Yes. 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 And you get to him. It's not like, oh my God, Jesus. He goes, no, I love a cheerful giver, man. And cheerful givers are those who've been saved. Saved. And then they give. And then if you're a faithful giver, he says, then it's weird. He goes, command them (laughs) who are rich. Not like, hey, guys, I haven't thought. No, he says, command them. If you're rich, you're tithing. I'm trusting that you're tithing. I'm trusting you're giving back to me. But now with your expendable income, don't use all your disposable income on you. Don't do that. I would never do that. Jesus was like, I don't do that. So if you're doing that, that's not what I do. So commanding you to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, you will lay up a treasure for yourself in heaven. For some of you today, you do. And that's why we said, and you know what? Your end gifts, give them if you have some extra disposable income. And I want to ask you to give it here. Give it to this place right here so we can get past that stupid 10% and start flourishing in who we are as a church. And God will do amazing things here. You know, you guys, isn't this good? Is this good? This is really good news. It's good news. It's good news. It's a struggle when you're rich. But you can be saved by grace just like anybody else so that you can share in Christ and so that you can share so that we can change the world with the resource that he's given us. So the band's going to come forward, and we're going to worship, because we need to worship right now. You need to, you need to, I need to worship right now. We need to have some time right now to be able to sit before God and say, okay, God. And some of you in this first song, it's, it's, it, the song simply is going to talk about being reign, forever reign. Like, in other words, be the king. I'm in the kingdom of God. He reigns. And some of you, as you're sitting here, you just need to be able to have that time of confession and repentance and turn to God so that you're faithful with your resources, okay? That's what some of you need to do here. And then some of you, in this moment, can I just ask you, like, does anybody who's not saved, like, you're literally not in the kingdom of God. You guys, you understand what this means? I'm just, can I, I'm super clear here today. The kingdom of God is heaven. And Jesus is saying, you can't, it's impossible for you to enter heaven unless you get a new heart. Because heaven is where everybody follows me. That's why it's not going to be like earth again. But if you don't follow me here, you're not going to follow me there. And I can't let you in if you're not going to follow me there. And here's the other thing. I know you're never going to follow me. No human follows me naturally. You don't. You must be born again. You must receive my spirit. I, you need to have your sins forgiven. You need to accept what Jesus did for you on that cross and let him reabsorb your punishment instead of you. And then you need to get a new heart. And then once you get a new heart, you're my child forever. And then God says, he goes, then I actually go to work. You don't have to, you don't have to like, oh, I got to try to be good now. No, I'm in you and I'm good. And I'm going to help make you good. I'm going to give you a heart that actually wants to love me and wants to love people and wants to be generous and wants to be faithful with my resource. That's a child of God. And again, if you're in here and you go to church, but you don't do those things, 
You're not following him. You gotta be super careful, man. The last thing, you know, it's so weird. Like, I'm gonna be held accountable. The Bible says very few of you should wanna be teachers because you're gonna be held more accountable. And I do not wanna get to heaven and go, well, I thought Dave said that, you know, I. No, let me just say this really clear. If you don't have a new heart that says yes to God, you need to really have an honest conversation with him as to whether you actually are born again or whether you're a churchgoer. Churchgoers don't go to heaven. Sorry. People who follow Jesus do. But the only people who follow Jesus are the ones who've been transformed by Jesus, who got a new heart and follow him with every part of their being. So I I feel like I need to ask you, I sat in a service just like this, some dude up front said, do you want to be saved today? Is today your day? Do you hear him choosing you to rescue you from an eternal life apart from God and a life here apart from him? And if today you want to let God's mercy and love and grace save you and forgive you and change you, I just want to say if anybody in here feels like Jesus is talking to you, and you want to be saved, go ahead and just stand up right now. And please, not if you already are saved. Don't say, if you're already Christian, don't. Today, is anybody in here feel like Jesus is saying to you, no more, not one more day without me. I want to save you today. Anybody want, anybody want to receive that invitation from Christ? Awesome. Way to go. bold. Anybody else? You're good? I'm just going to tell you, this is a life and death decision, like really. This is life and death, really. You are dead in your sins, Jesus says you can't follow me and you won't spend eternity with me but I got good news for all of you the Savior's been born it's me Jesus saying I died for you because I want to help you get through the eye of the needle and before we sing I want to give you one more chance I sat there man when somebody did this to me and I'm like I'm not doing this I'm not doing this there's no way I'm doing this I'm not doing this I'm not okay I'm doing it because I just couldn't help it because Jesus was calling me to be saved and to receive his spirit. Anybody else before we sing? In this room today. Awesome. Way to go. Way to go. Way to go. Fantastic. Here's a good thing, man. His invitation never ends. It's always there. And if it's too much for you to stand right now, but after the service, when we have people to pray and you want to pray with them, go pray with them. You know, if you can't do it now, it's okay. Do it. Do it. Save your freaking life. And live. And be free. And make a difference in the world. All right? Let me pray for us. God, thanks for coming. Thanks for sending Jesus. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to save us because you knew how sad it was for you to watch people not be able to say yes to you. Thank you that you cared enough about us that you would come and lay down your life for us and die for our sins and forgive us and then cleanse us and fill us with a new heart so we could get through the eye of the needle and come out on the other side completely changed. Praise you for that, God. Praise you for that. We thank you for saving us. And God, I pray for those who stood today and I pray for the others who are shaking in their boots right now because this is the scariest decision they'll ever make in their life. And I pray that you give them grace and strength and power and courage to put their faith in you today, to agree with you that love and money over you is sin, to receive forgiveness for it, to turn and be filled with your spirit. God, do that for them. And then, God, I pray for all of your kids in here right now who just are not obeying you in this way, who don't follow you, who don't share in your life in this area at all. And I just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak so gently but strongly and convince them once again that this is life. This is life. This is life. God, give us the courage to turn and be faithful to you and follow you in this. Give us the grace, the grace of your spirit to do it. In Jesus' name, amen.